Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you uh, here this morning in this uh, Vision Sunday. It was great to be with a, a large group of folks at nine o'clock. And uh, I want to uh, welcome our traditional folks who are with us in the room today and who've ventured over here from the uh, sanctuary. Uh, can we give them a warm welcome in the room this morning? Thank you. And there was a day when we could all gather uh, in the chapel up there at the corner of Foskalin and Old Cherokee. Then there was a day we could all gather together in the sanctuary. And now today is the day we can all gather together in here. Amen. And so we've seen God grow the church through the years. We're gathered today to remember God's faithfulness, to reflect on what's happening in the church and what's happened in the church and request, request for God to do it again. Amen. God, do it again, and to receive what God is going to do next. And forbid I should boast about anything except Christ's death on the cross. I want to read this scripture for you. It's, it's kind of set the uh, pretext of what I want to say today. We want to share with you from 1 Peter 4. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. The word of God for the people of God. Let us pray together. Our Father God, we thank you that you are in the room with us here today, in this uh, gathering place, this auditorium, this sanctuary this place where two or three are gathered together in the name of Jesus, that you promised to be present. Father God, we thank you for loving the world so much that you sent your only son, Jesus, to be born in a manger. We celebrated just a few days ago, remembering how much you love the world that you gave your son, and that Jesus lived among us and showed us how to be your people and, and showed us how to be the church that Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins that we might be forgiven people, might be invited to enter into a new covenant with you, a new relationship with you, restored people, and to be your light in the midst of darkness. And Lord, to show the world what you're like. For those who don't know you, that they would come to know you. And Father, thank you for all that you're doing until you be all glory honor and praise as we reflect, as we remember, as we request, and as we receive what you want to do. And we ask all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now this morning as I begin, uh, I want to first uh, recognize uh, some folks who have been very important in our journey together in ministry. For those you are visiting today for the first time, uh, we are beginning our 30th year in ministry here at Mount Horeb. And first person I want to recognize is my wife, Lynn, who is here on the front row. Lynn, would you stand? And so folks can recognize you and also celebrate you. We've been in ministry together uh, for 46 years and just celebrated our 46th wedding anniversary. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a great journey. And uh, uh, we've come to this place where we're going to be looking at transitioning into uh, retirement, the Lord willing, at the end of this year. And we've got a few good years left, we believe, 
Uh, and so we're excited about what God has next. So again, thank you, Lynn. And uh, also Heather is sitting there with her. Heather, we'll speak more about you later. You can stand, welcome Heather. That's all right, she says, no, I'm good. Uh, anyway, so anyway, but I'm gonna ask Heather, I'm gonna ask all of you to stand. If all of you stand right now, if you would. And uh, it's been an incredible journey, uh, and we did this at nine o'clock, and we know that we have people watching online. So if you're watching online in your living room, go ahead and stand with us. Uh, and uh, if you're driving, it's okay. Um, but uh, I would like to ask if you've been attending uh, Mount Horeb or a member of Mount Horeb for five years or less, we're gonna invite you to be seated. Five years or less, be seated. I look around you, there's a lot of people that have come in the last five years. Uh, now, if you've uh, been attending or a member uh, for 10 years or less, you can be seated, 10 years or less, okay? Gotta get a little smaller. Uh, 15 years or less, you can be seated. Some people are doing the math in their head right now, right? All right. Uh, those of you who are still uh, being seated, look around and, and see this uh, folks still standing. 20 years or less, right? All right, we're gonna go 25 years or less. I, I have a hard time seeing some of you because of the, the lights are so bright. Some of you are still standing. And I uh, see Donnie back there in the back. I know where Donnie's gonna be at. All right, uh, 30 years remain standing. That's Lynn, you can keep standing. You can sit down now. And I see Donnie back. I'm sure there's some other standing. I can't make you out. Um, well, let's give these folks a hand. These folks were here. These folks have been here, some of them, uh, their whole life. And, and these folks that remain, remain standing the longest have made it possible for you to be here today. Those of you who sat down first, uh, these folks have been faithful and they have uh, made a place for you. They gave up their seats. Uh, they, they gave up their parking places. Uh, they gave up their service times. Even came into this room to worship with us today, some of them. And uh, I just wanna say thank you to all those who made a way, amen? Can we thank those who made a way? And, and now here's the challenge for the rest of us, the rest of you, is don't you become the people that stop the growth of God. They didn't stop God's movement. Don't you stop God's movement. You know, continue to make a way for God to do what only God can do in our midst. You know, the challenge is when you join a church, start attending a church, you want it to stay the way it was when you joined it. That's why you joined it, right? But aren't you glad the folks that uh, joined the church 50 years ago didn't want it to stay the way it was? They are willing to, to open their doors and open uh, their hearts to receive you and say, so may we all be aware of what God wants to do and be open to what God wants to do. I'd like then to ask, if you've been involved in lay leadership in the last uh, 30 years, would you stand? We want to thank you for your leadership, lay leadership, the last 30 years. Would you stand? A few of you standing, let's give them a hand. Thank you very much for serving. And then I'd like to invite any of our staff that are here in the room that are not serving over in children or youth or uh, out in the hallway, welcome you. Would you stand? All of our staff that are here, would you stand? Okay, let's give them a hand. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. You know, last year on, I believe it was January the 8th, we had a historic Sunday. We all gathered together again in this room, and we don't 
always do this. It's good for us to come together uh, occasionally as God's family, to be all in one room together in one location. And this time last year, we were gathering to uh, make a decision as a congregation to uh, enter into a discernment process to depart from the United Methodist Church. Uh, and it was a very uh, uh, prayerful time, uh, a lot of uh, thought, a lot of study, and then you voted as a congregation at the end of February by 96% to leave the United Methodist Church and launch into a new beginning. I wanna just give you an update because a lot has happened uh, since we made that decision last January the 8th. And with one of the songs we sang, look at what the Lord has done. Look at what the Lord has done. Since January the 8th, we've seen God's goodness. We've had 450 new members join the church. Uh, we've had 106 professions of faith. We've had 101 baptisms. We've seen the ministry of our church make a huge impact locally and globally. We had a powerful mission conference here celebrating our many ministry partners, again, locally and globally. Then on Christmas Eve, just a couple weeks, a few days ago, we had a record attendance. Uh, we had 7,232 people worship on Christmas Eve, which is absolutely amazing. And that's a 30% increase over last year. So thank you for making room for more people uh, to come on Christmas Eve. We can celebrate that. In 2023, uh, we had our largest ever average weekly attendance of over 3,100 people, which is a 15.8% increase over last year. Uh, in 2023, your total giving uh, at Mount Horeb, uh, designated and undesignated, restricted and unrestricted giving, was almost $11 million in giving, which is, yeah, we can celebrate that. Which is, which is a 14% increase over last year. So we see how the church has continued to, to, to be growing uh, numerically, uh, growing spiritually, growing in ministry impact, uh, and growing in generosity. You know, the, uh, the separation costs, as we entered into this decision last January and made a decision to officially separate from the denomination in the February, the total cost to separate that we had to pay to the United Methodist Church was $2.67 million, uh, and which was a big number, right? But, you're, but what you gave over budget in 2023 was $3.2 million. And so you more in one year made up the difference of what it cost to separate. And so Mount Horb right now, it, it owns all of its property and it is totally 100% debt free. And we can celebrate that uh, as God's goodness. And we made the decision by uh, even a greater majority uh, to join the Global Methodist Church. And how is the Global Methodist Church doing? Well, at the end of 2023, there were 4,281 4, new congregations, uh, Global Methodist congregations at the end of 2023 with 700 additional churches waiting approval. 16 regional bodies had started in the U.S., eight outside the U.S., with a plan for 15 more waiting to be approved. Now, that's amazing that uh, almost 4,300 new congregations have begun. with 700 more waiting. That'll be over 5,000 uh, global Methodist churches. Here's what's amazing about that. They've done all of that in the last year, in 2023, with 12 employees and two bishops. Now, I think that's a good thing. Uh, uh, that many churches making an impact. And that, that's one of the visions of the Global Methodist Church is that we would 
we would lead from the ground up, not from the top down. And then we'd be a church, a movement that is affected by how we do locally uh, rather than being uh, controlled from on high, but from, from the ground up. And I think that's a great model for ministry. Again, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. You know, through the years here, over the last 30 years, we have sought to follow Jesus' model for ministry. We've committed ourselves to his mission, his message, his method, and his great commission. You say, what is the mission of Jesus? I want to give you two verses of scripture that I believe captures the mission of Jesus. Very simple statements that Jesus made. Mark 1:38. Jesus said to the followers, let us go to the towns near here so I can preach there also. That is why I came. Let us go to the towns near here so I can preach there also. That is why I came. You know, one of the most amazing statistics about Mount Horeb to me is that when Lynn and I came 30 years ago, uh, there were basically roughly two zip codes that attended Mount Horeb. Uh, and today, I had them check this number this past week, there are 78 zip codes that attend Mount Horeb, you know? And so this church has reached out and made an impact. Uh, 78 zip codes, that, that's what, let us go to the towns near here so we can preach there also, and that is why I came. And then Jesus also did in Luke, said in Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Mount Horeb's mission is to spread the good news of the gospel, to seek and through the power of Jesus Christ save those who are lost. And what is his method? Jesus' method is pretty simple. It's, a, it's an incredibly simple method. And he said it uh, in, well, we see it, him stated in Matthew 4, 19. He said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. Follow me and I will use you to reach people because I came to seek and save the lost. Follow me. Basically, he says, come. Come, follow me. And he, and I'm gonna give you four words this morning. We'll talk about those for a few minutes. Uh, what Jesus did, he enlisted, he equipped, he empowered, he engaged. He enlisted, he equipped, he empowered, he engaged. What does that mean? He, he, he invited people to come. He invited people, he called people to be his followers and then how did he equip? He discipled. He taught them. He demonstrated how to do ministry. He showed them how to do ministry. And then not only did he call them to come, he commanded them to go, to go and make a difference by empowering them with the power of the Holy Spirit and to engage in a great commission to go out and make a difference in the world. Mount Horeb is sought to be a church that has been a called church called by God to be in this place at this time. You know, I remember, uh, it's a great story. I haven't ever got time to tell you the story of how Lynn and I came to Mount Horeb. Um, but uh, God was working in mysterious ways and my district superintendent uh, was very sick uh, in where I was at in Conway uh, and we knew that it was time for us to move. And uh, uh, I was gonna go play in a golf tournament uh, I was playing in the South Carolina PGA. That's right, South Carolina PGA, the Preachers Golf Association Tournament. I was playing in it. And, uh, uh, and I got there and I had a roommate already lined up and I found out that my uh, DS's son was playing in the golf tournament and he did not have a roommate. 
So I, I told my person I rode to the tournament with, hey, I'm going to see if I can write my name in beside uh, my district superintendent's son. And I did, and we had conversation. His dad was sick. Uh, he says, my mom and I are making my dad's appointments. Uh, he was a pastor. And he says, where do you want to go? And I said, I don't have a clue. He says, what about Lexington, South Carolina? I said, I don't know anything about Lexington, South Carolina. He says, you'll like Lexington. It's a nice place. And I said, okay. He says, how about a church called Mount Horeb? And I go, I don't, I don't, whatever. And that's how it began. It really began that way, that God had a plan. And uh, we said yes. And, and we had no idea what God was going to do next, right? That's how God works. Isn't it amazing how God works? If we will answer his call and go where he sends us. And so through the years, I've, we've been blessed with the great uh, folks in this church who have been leaders, great staff who have served through the years. When Lynn and I got here, we had one and a half staff people when we got here. Uh, maybe, a, no, a half staff person, I think. Lynn says, no, that's sort of, Yeah, I was the secretary. I did the bulletin. I did the newsletter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We had a part-time custodian who worked, uh, I think it was like five hours a week, Mr. Newman Westinger. And, uh, and I remember about three months into ministry here, he came and says, I, I, I got to quit. I said, okay. He says, before you got here, we only had one trash bag a week. And now we're up to three trash bags. And I can't do this anymore. I said, okay. You know, so, you know, and, you know, and what's amazing about that is now we have two dumpsters, right? We went from one trash bag a week to two dumpsters out there. So God works in growing the church in amazing ways. All that to say, uh, I couldn't do what I do uh, here without a great team, a great staff, great lay leadership. And I want to invite some people out because as we look at transition, look at going forward, uh, you've already met Michael Turner. I'm going to invite Michael Turner to come out, who is going to be uh, assuming the role of senior pastor at the beginning of 2025. And then with him has got Trevor and uh, Grace Marie coming out. So we're going to have some fun here and talk about what it means to be in ministry together and what they've been doing in ministry, et cetera. So give them a hand here. Uh, now, Trevor, uh, we'll start with you. Uh, you've... Uh, You've been here 18 years, you know, and uh, uh, I watched you grow from a youth intern uh, to a youth director uh, to a director of production, which was, uh, you know, not a... The dark years. Thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, family pastor and preaching, uh, tremendous growth in student ministry. If, if, if your student, your child, your grandchild has been impacted by Trevor Miller, would you just shout, give a little applause? Made, it, made an impact there. You know, Trevor, you've had the vision uh, to think out of the box, you know. Sometimes I didn't know what box you were in, but anyway. Uh, and uh, it, was, it was a good box, though, and you know, it kind of drugged me along reluctantly, uh, and we got there. But also, you have a passion for raising up new leaders, a passion for men's ministry. And you know, we've watched you shape our men's ministry here uh, at Mount Horeb. We've also watched you make an impact on, on United Methodist men's ministry over the years as well. Um, 18 years of commitment to what God's doing at Mount Horeb. And, uh, and yet here we are in a succession plan. And I know you and I had conversations about the future. And I just thought I'd let you just share what, what your story and, and what God has done in you and what we look to the future. So, so first, I just want to thank this congregation because when I came here as an intern many, many years ago in 2004, um, I had no, no framework in my mind to even see kind of what this has become after 18 years and to be serving in the way that I'm serving. And so there are so many across this room who've been a support to me and encouragement to me uh, every step of the way. And I, I am so, so, so grateful. 
And Grace Marie said I was going to cry before I came up on stage. And I said, no, I'm not. But I, I might actually. Um, but but I'm, I'm so thankful because this church has given me a chance to really cut my teeth in ministry in so many ways. I, I learned to preach here. I learned to serve here. My wife and I grew a family here. Like, I, I am, I'm exceedingly grateful for my time at Mount Horeb. And we did. We had a conversation um, almost two years ago now. You and I walked through the sanctuary and... Um, we were talking about session plan. We were talking about next steps. And I remember you said something to me that I really appreciated. You said, um, in this transition, I want to make sure that you're okay. And I said, um, I really appreciate that. And the fact that you cared enough about my time here and my investment here to want to know my thoughts and desires. And so my wife and I prayed um, for a long time about this, wrestled with this. And, you know, I had a conversation. And I said, listen, I, I, I just don't see myself as the lead guy. I don't see myself as the lead pastor next. And a couple reasons for that. One just the time frame of my family, my kids are young, uh, just felt like it was an investment that, that it wasn't gonna be the right step for us right now. And two, there's a lot of interests and a lot of things that I feel like God has called me to do. And I just knew in, in order to be the lead pastor of Mount Horeb that those are some of the things that I would have to kind of let go of. I wasn't ready for that. So I appreciate the opportunity to wrestle with it, pray about it, and have conversation with you about that. And so I felt good about the decision for me to stay where I was and doing what I was doing. And then when I found out what Michael Turner was coming to the church, I felt really good uh, because I've known Michael for many years and watched him in ministry as well. And I, I very much trust this guy and I, I'm very excited to serve alongside of him. And so I've had phone calls and emails, you know, since some of this, these things were announced in the church, you know, did you know about this? Yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I was fully informed on all of it. And um, it was a partnership in terms of discerning call going forward. And I feel very excited about where the church is. I feel very excited about Michael's leadership. And it's an honor to serve alongside of him as we go forward. And I, I'm thankful for a chance to stay in leadership at Mount Horeb and see what God's going to do next. So thank you, okay. Yeah. And the, the, the what, what, you, what you hear there, Trevor, and what, uh, what we know about you, and this is where you and I are, you know, probably the most alike is that you're very relational and you've built a lot of relationship through the years and respected by so many. And one thing that I think is so important about a succession plan for Mount Horeb and the future for Mount Horeb going forward with Michael in, in leadership is that longevity produces continuity. And uh, now we look at you, you know, the students that you had in youth ministry, you're now uh, doing their weddings and even baptizing their children and, you feel uh, really old, thanks, Jeff, but that is true. <laughs> but that is the beauty of when I decided I wanted to be here for the long term, one of the reasons was because I wanted to see that kind of thing happen and to be a part of that. And so it's been one of the biggest blessings. Yeah, and I think, Trevor, you know, one of your passions I, I see is, it, you know, I, I, I consider Trevor kind of an entrepreneurial thinker. He's got, he's got 10,000 things going on all the time, and, and we sometimes have to pull you back in, you know, and... Uh, and, but, but yet you have a passion for growing things and doing things and a passion for equipping people and raising up leaders. So say a word about that. Yeah, when I first got to Mount Horb, I was uh, the middle school intern and then became the middle school pastor. And my whole strategy of ministry was to be as cool as I could possibly be and just see who like showed up. And it worked pretty well for a little bit. And then I realized that that's not the ministry God's called me to or us to. We can't do this by ourselves. So I began to really see the value of equipping and pouring into people to do the work of God. And so that's really the heartbeat of what I feel like is next for me here at this church and within the Global Methodist Church is to help find ways 
to be able to equip people for the work of ministry. And so one of the really tangible ways I want to see this happen in the coming years is to have a residency program here on our campus where people could step into and learn how to serve in different departments, have leadership poured into them. Grace Marie and I have had a lot of conversation about this already, and it's kind of next steps. And so because of that, that really excites me. Uh, so that we can find folks within our church congregation who maybe never saw themselves doing ministry, but suddenly are in vocational ministry, either here at this church or in another global Methodist church in South Carolina. That kind of idea is something that I want to pour myself into over the next 10 years of my ministry. Because what we've seen God do here through the years is grow a great, uh, effective ministry and to be able to raise up people who can go out into these churches. And there's a lot of uh, churches that uh, don't have pastors right now that need need leadership, and, and you can help do that. Um, you know, we've been through a lot together, uh, growing pains together, uh, stra- staff transitions, denominational struggles. Uh, what you uh, complete seminary, an Asbury Seminary grad, and now a fully ordained global Methodist church pastor, Tra- Trevor Miller. There we go. That's right. So then, then we got Grace Marie out here, 12 years on our staff, uh, starting her 13th year. And uh, so between you and Trevor, that's 30 years of experience, and, uh, uh, and, and with my 30 years, that's 60 years of experience on the stage. You know, that's pretty exciting. Uh, and actually, Trevor brought you here, right? He did, he, he did. recruited you. He recruited me. I was the worship intern for student ministry. That's all we had at the time. That's all so. I had. He said, please just come do this. You were, you were taking the trash out, right? That's right, that's right, that's right. right. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then I, I remember uh, you, 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 we saw, I saw your, some potential in you. I didn't know all your potential yet. I just got to know you. But we had put together a search committee uh, to find the next contemporary worship leader. So I asked Grace Marie to serve on the committee because maybe, you know, young, she's got some good ideas and she can play the guitar and uh, maybe she can help us out here. And little did we know that you were sitting at the table, our next contemporary worship leader. And now you're the director of worship arts overseeing, you know, both the traditional and contemporary and your passion, and what we see with Grace Marie, is her passion to raise up worship leaders and to raise up people who can do worship well. And I think one of the great uh, Christ-like attributes that Grace Marie has is her willingness to share the stage and not to be front and center all the time. And, and I told you a long time ago, if you ever lose your voice to sing, uh, uh, you still got a, place at the, a seat at the table because you're a great leader you know how to lead. So say a word about how you see that, you know, in your ministry here about where now and in the future of being a leader. Yeah. And so when, when I first came here, like Trevor said, I came as the worship intern and I was in a bit of a weird spot transition wise. I didn't really know what God was specifically calling me to. I had worked at a local church for seven years uh, before I came here. And I knew that I wanted to serve at a local church context. And I remember in college, someone told me, I feel like you're going to make the greatest impact for the kingdom if you go somewhere and just put roots down, put roots down and invest somewhere. And that's where you're going to have the greatest impact for the kingdom. And I remember when I first came here, I didn't necessarily know that was going to be the step that I would take here. But really, Pastor Jeff, I just want to say in front of everybody, your leadership and your investment in my life um, to step into different roles and to, to see the potential in me when it comes to certain leadership things. I just have greatly benefited from that. And one of my greatest passions is really to see the potential that, that people have and then position them for the greatest kingdom impact that they can have. And that's something I feel like God is, is strengthening with to be able to see in people with whether it comes to our, our team that serves in the band or our 
production staff, our worship staff. But really, that's, that's one of my greatest joys is, is seeing people being able to step into the thing that God has made and designed them to do. And I just get so much joy from that. We've seen that from worship workshops. Uh, we have Garrison on the front row. He, I remember him coming to worship workshops when he was in middle school. And seeing people then begin to have this incredible kingdom impact has been such a, a blessing in my life. And it's because I feel like I've believed, been, been believed in and invested in here in my life as well. And even when I've come to you with ideas over the, the 12 or 13 years I've been here and said, hey, you know, I have some ideas about my team and, and moving this person here or this person could step in and do this role really well. I feel like I've always been given up. We trust you. We see that. And it's just been a huge blessing as people have been um, set up to make a great kingdom impact through Mount Horeb here. So thank you. You may not know this about Grace Marie. She has a master's in Bible teaching. Uh, and I think that personally, I think that preaching and teaching is her strongest gift. Uh, singing is really good. But I think her future uh, is preaching and teaching. She's all right. She's all right. She's all right. Um, but, uh, but you're also pursuing your ordination as a global Methodist church pastor. And you're going to Truett Seminary, which is part of Baylor University. Go Bears. Right? Go Bears, right, yeah. Right. I didn't uh, know that was her mascot until this week. Somebody said that to me. I'm like, yay. That's right. But anyway, so, you know, incredible. Uh, so we got 30 years of experience uh, here on the stage. And then we got Michael. You got four months, right? Four <laughs> months and three weeks to the day. That's right, four months. Uh, but Michael Turner, uh, 21 years as a senior pastor uh, in South Carolina. Uh, and you were at Prosperity at... Uh, Whiteman United Methodist Church, and I watched you kind of from a distance grow that congregation from about 200 people to over 480 people in worship. Now, if you can grow a congregation in prosperity, uh, you can grow a congregation about anywhere, right? And prosperity is a nice town, though. It's a very nice town, great fishing there and all that. Uh, uh, and then you went to Advent in Simpsonville and almost doubled that attendance there uh, in, in 11 years. And, and then, but I watched you for 15 years uh, make an impact. Uh, in the church as a leader, a transformational leader as a pastor. So um, say a few words about, you know, what you see about Mount Horeb and, you know, you're here, here on the stage with us, four months experience at Mount Horeb, but you're good. <laughs> <laughs> four months experience here, but I, my experience yeah. goes back in ministry a little bit farther back. So in 2000, I graduated from seminary and my first appointment was as the associate pastor at Littleton Street United Methodist Church in Camden, See some, some little street people, over, people here. over here too. It's good to see you guys this morning. So I was there for three years and the senior pastor that I served with there was, was phenomenal. He really invested in me and honored me and I saw from him the kind of person I wanted, this kind of pastor I wanted to be to elevate other leaders. So I was there for three years and then I was appointed to in Florence. I served two, some Florence people out there. So I served two churches. <laughs> these, these are your groupies here. Follow yeah, you <laughs> So I served Friendship, United Methodist Church, and Liberty Chapel, United Methodist Church, two country churches. And I was also the campus minister at Francis Marion University. So it was a three-point charge, and I was, we were there for four years. And then I was appointed to Prosperity. And before, when I went to the district superintendent, there's some Prosperity people out here. Um, wow. When I was appointed, I got the, that appointment from my district superintendent. And she asked me how I felt about it. I said, well, first of all, just tell me where Prosperity is. I don't know where that is. <laughs> but five wonderful years there in prosperity and God really blessed. And, and before I went to prosperity, I really didn't know anything about Mount Horeb Church. It was only after I went there that I started hearing about this church over in Lexington that was doing some really amazing things and God was really blessing. And then I met Jeff at a clergy gathering 
And Jeff was, at that time, he was already the pastor of the largest United Methodist Church in South Carolina. I was 32, 33 years old when we met. He didn't need to give me the time of day. I'm just a young pastor serving a smaller church in a tiny little town of prosperity. But Jeff took an interest in me and started, he started encouraging me and, and mentoring me, really informally mentoring me. In fact, when we started to add staff at Whiteman, I came over to Mount Horeb to a staff meeting just to see how things worked at a larger church with the staff. I attended one of the, one of, had to be one of the first sermon prep meetings that you guys had to see how that worked. And, and over the years, Jeff continued to pour into, into me. And then pretty abruptly, I got picked up from Prosperity and appointed to Simpsonville. And I, it wasn't because I was playing in the Preacher's Golf Association. <laughs> but, PGA, but I, it was a PGA. PGA. <laughs> but I did get a call from my district superintendent who said, hey, Michael, we need you in Simpsonville. And what had happened there, the previous pastor was uh, involved in a very public moral failure, was arrested. And, and then three months after that happened, I was appointed there. And Heather and I and our family moved to Simpsonville and we began what, what became an 11-year journey. So you can imagine that was a tough thing to walk into. And I was, I was scared. It was daunting. But what I learned in all of that is that God is incredibly faithful. And even in the moments where we feel least equipped, he shows up. So we got past some of that initial stuff. The church started growing. We needed to have a building campaign. We needed to expand our sanctuary. And so we went into, we were very excited about this building campaign. Contractors started work on the, the new addition. And then the contractor caught the sanctuary on fire and burned it to the ground. So instead of worshiping in the gym for six months, we worshiped in the gym for two and a half years. And then we got to move into this nice, beautiful new sanctuary. God started blessing again. Six months later, COVID hit. So I say all that to say, uh, I'm looking for much better things here. But, but, um, but there was a lifetime of ministry experience packed into those 11 years. And, and in the course of all that, Jeff, you called, you checked in. He, Jeff was one of the many people who texted me on the day. I was standing on the hill watching the firefighters try to battle that blaze. And I get a text message from Jeff Kersey. Hey, praying for you. Um, so you saw things in me a long time ago and invested in me. And I'm so grateful to be here now at Mount Horeb. Jeff and I started talking about this. He approached me four or five years ago and said, hey, I want you to be thinking about something. I want you to pray about it. We'll just see where God leads in all this. And, um, and God has led us to this point. And uh, one of my favorite passages in scripture is Acts 1.8. The very last words that Luke records of Jesus before he ascends into heaven, Luke, Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, even to the ends of the earth. Now, a long time ago, I heard a church leader say that the gravitational pull of every congregation is inward. Left to our own devices, that's kind of what we do. We hunker down with people we already know, we get comfortable. But that's not the movement we see in Acts when the Holy Spirit comes. The Holy Spirit propels disciples outward to reach to the ends of the earth to make sure every person hears the good news of Jesus. And that's been my passion for all of these years, evangelism and mission. And, and I see that you guys have been doing that for the past 30 years. It's obvious you're in this room because of that. I'm so excited to be a part of that mission and how we, we, you have been living it out here. I'm excited about the incredible staff being to work being able to work alongside tremendous leaders like 
Trevor and Grace Marie and the many other leaders we have. I, I've been so welcomed by you and I'm thankful and I'm, I can't wait to see what God does next. Amen, amen. And if we go over today, you know, which you probably will, it's Michael's fault. But anyway, uh, no. <laughs> uh, no, I wanna just mention, you mentioned outward uh, focus. Uh, is I wanna give a shout out to Janice Arbogati, who's been on staff for 20 years and uh, our missions director and uh, really has positioned this church to make an impact locally and globally. Uh, Stephanie Malone, who has been my administrative executive assistant, I've just been, I couldn't do what I do without Stephanie. Uh, y'all can, some of you know that. And, uh, uh, you know, Chris Carver has been a close friend and been on our staff for 13 years. So we, overall, our staff has a lot of longevity. We have a tremendous staff and tremendous lay leadership that don't see obstacles, they see opportunities. Uh, they don't fear the storm, they step out in the storm. And we have a team with imagination. We have a team with innovation. We have a team with inspiration. You know, one of the things the whole church is back is we've never done it that way before. We're always asking, why can't we do it that way? You know, let's try something new, let's try something different. Our, 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 we've lived into the mission statement of make, mature, uh, mobilize disciples who magnify Jesus Christ. And we're gonna continue to live into that mission. Uh, of making, maturing, mobilizing disciples. So the question is, you know, what, what am I going to be doing in 24? Um, you know, some of you thought, you know, said to me after Christmas Eve, uh, so today's your last day, right? I said, well, not, not quite. Um, so, uh, so in this year of transition, I'm going to be giving up supervision of staff to Michael. Uh, those wonderful administrative committees that many of you served on, uh, Michael's going to be working with. I'll, you know, I may drop in occasionally and say hello. Um, some less preaching, uh, but also I'm going to spend a lot of time introducing Michael to people like you, all of you here, not all of you, but some of you that, that uh, I've known through the years that have, that have helped uh, me be who I am today. I'm excited about the, the possibility of a new campus uh, in Columbia. There's not gonna be a uh, Orthodox uh, Methodist church in the city limits of, of uh, Columbia. And we've got a lot of folks there who are looking for a church home. And it's an opportunity for us to be there. I, I'm excited about potentially renovating our old chapel. Uh, it's, it's time for us to go to the old chapel where we started at 30 years ago and see that be restored into a wonderful facility that can have weddings and uh, funerals, et cetera. I'm, I'm looking forward to developing a master plan for the promised land. You know, we've uh, been talking about different things for years and we got put on hold by COVID then we got put on hold by denominational division and looking forward to that. Um, plans about, you know, other buildings possibly on our campus, uh, conversation about a new family life center, possibly. Uh, Lynn and I uh, started a foundation a few years ago called the Faith Moose Mountain Foundation, which is set up to really come alongside small membership churches and pastors and offer them coaching, consulting, and capital, and how to invest and how to fund new ministries. So we're, we're looking at some of that kind of stuff. You know, focus is to bring alignment, alignment uh, to uh, God's purpose, God's mission, uh, God's method. So I wanna do this, I know we're running a little bit late on time, but it's worth doing. Uh, so there's a, gonna be an image on the screen and uh, works better on your cell phone uh, or on your laptop. I just want you to stare at that. This is not like a cult or anything. We're not like you did a cult, you know. Uh, still, stare at this for about 30 seconds and uh, we'll time it, Trevor's in charge of timing. He's the games guy up here. But stare at this for a minute. Focus on the dots of, uh, at the center of the picture uh, or the just the center of the image. And uh, give it, just stare at that. Uh, kind of stay focused on that for about 20 more seconds. Um, and 
focus on that. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you when I say the time's up, I want you to close your eyes in, in a minute. Uh, and, and then I'm going to ask you to look up into the lights. But give it about five, five, four, three, two, one. Now close your eyes and look up to the light. I don't know how that works, <laughs> but it does, right? <laughs> and our focus in 2024 is going to be on Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. That's where our focus is going to be. Amen? <laughs> Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. In our prayer prompt this morning, uh, I was so glad to see that it was about the challenge. Are you going to glance at Jesus in 24? Or are you going to gaze at Jesus in 24? We've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus as we go forward. You know, one of the the keys to a succession plan working, and I say that I've never done it before. We've never done this before, right? But we believe it's gonna work because these three people and our staff and our late leadership are called into ministry. I believe that Michael has been called here uh, to do this work. He and Heather, Heather on the front row with him, his wife, and they're called here. And uh, we're gonna give you as much clarity as we can. We're gonna lead with conviction. We're gonna lead with confidence. And we're gonna lead with consecration. We're going to be a prayer-driven church. We'll be praying for Michael and all of our staff, all of our lay leadership. And I've got a, I've got a little, little, little motto for you I want to give you. But before you stand, I want to just ask you to close your eyes one more time. And will you imagine for me, who's going to be sitting beside you or in front of you or behind you in five years who's not here right now? Because 30 years ago, that little congregation up there on the corner imagined the possibilities of who might come. And they prayed that you might come, and you came. And you keep coming. So who is God going to use you to reach over the next five years? I believe God wants to do something incredible. So I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. And I, here, here's, my, here's my theme for 24. I want us to ask for God to do far more in 24 than ever before. Can we pray that? For God to do far more in 24 than ever before. I'm going to ask Michael to stand up here, and I'm going to, uh, three of us are going to lay hands on him and pray a prayer of consecration over him. You want to come forward to the front here? You can. Uh, and just pray where you are. Let's pray for God to do far more in 24 than ever before. Amen? Let's pray together. Let's do that. Father, this has been a historic year for Mount Worm Church. For Lynn and I, it's a historic 30 years. For many in this room, it's been a lifetime here. 
And Lord, we know that you're not done yet and you're gonna do far more through Michael's leadership, through this staff's leadership, through Trevor, through Grace Marie, through Janice, through so many. And I pray, Father God, that you would use all of us and that we would let go of the things that are gonna keep us from doing more for you. Let go of things that are in the way of you doing more in our lives. Lord, we want to glorify you and honor you in 24. Lord, give us the strength to do that. Help us keep our eyes on Jesus as we move forward. And we ask all of this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.